Welcome to the inaugural episode of Are You Worth It? And here's a spoiler alert. You are. I'm Lynn Howard. I'm an author, fiction author, and I'm actually a certified life purpose coach working on my happiness coaching certification as we speak. I am not a licensed therapist. I am not a medical professional. What I am is a survivor of a whole lot of things. And through those things, I did find my life purpose. And I did learn to turn all those lemons into lemonade. So I decided because I love to help people and I love people in general, why not help other people? Like everybody, as much as as many people as this podcast and this recording can reach, I want everyone to find their inner peace and their self-worth and their happiness. So that's why this podcast has started. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys will gain something from it. So for today's first episode is finding your self-worth. This is something that I struggle with for many, many years because, you know, let's face it, we're daughter, we're sister, we're mother, we're, you know, wife. We get put into this box and this role And that's how we define ourselves. And then, you know, in my own life, I dealt with a lot of domestic violence from birth until about 30 years old. So there was a lot of PTSD. So, okay, well, now I'm a DV survivor and that's not who I am. And that's not what defines my worth. It took me five years of a whole lot of work on myself to finally discover who I am, what I am, what I want to be when I grow up. I mean, 45 years old, you know, it's what we'd expect kids to decide that it's 17 and 18 years old. And it took me 45 years to discover my purpose. And I feel like my purpose is to help other people find their purpose and their happiness. So the first thing I want to ask you is what makes you happy? You can't say nothing. Nothing makes me happy. Something makes you happy. Do you have hobbies? Do you have a passion? You know, uh, charities? Um, Do you love to learn? Do you love puppies? We all have something that makes us happy. I'm not saying every one of those things that make us happy can turn into a passion. Um, But there's going to be, we're going to find our life purpose in those little bitty tidbits that make us happy that's going to help us find what our self-worth is. That that sounded like I'm trying to tie your self-worth into your passion. I swear I'm not. But when you discover what makes you happy, you focus on these things and you discover more about yourself because, oh, I have a terrible life. I I survived domestic violence. I survived. I survived and I grew and I became stronger. And now I appreciate the smallest things. Part of finding your self-worth is finding those things that made you grow as a person. Does that make sense? I hope. Another thing for finding your self-worth is set goals for yourself. You know, do you, let's, okay, I'm going to use the most popular. Do you want to get healthier? Do you want to lose weight? It's not going to happen overnight, right? You're not going to say, I want to lose weight. Well, run out, join the gym, buy yourself some new sneakers, throw away all the bad food in your house, go to the store, get all food. It's not going to happen that way. Set goals for yourself. Set them realistically. 
And then I want you to revisit these goals daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and then yearly. I am currently working on my health because for those of you that don't listen to my writing podcast or you know my YouTube channel, I have so many stupid health problems. I have vestibular migraines. I discovered some thyroid issues. So while I'm going through all these treatments, I decided I need to work on the health on my side as well. So I started with cutting out my snacking. I don't know how I got in this habit, but we would eat dinner. And as I was finishing dinner, I was already thinking about what am I going to bring down a snack on for watching TV with my husband? Because I usually go down around 7.30, 8 o'clock to watch TV with my husband. That's a terrible habit. <laughs> um, because I'm a writer, I sit a lot and I munch a lot. I would get things like, um, you know, chocolate covered pretzels or whatever, just junk, junk to snack on. And I don't know why I felt that compulsion to snack, but that was the first thing I cut out in my candy. I am a candy addict. Oh my God, I love my sugar. If it has sugar in it, I love it. I am a total sugar addict. I had to cut that out. I'm not saying I don't eat it at all because when you tell yourself something, I'm never going to do something, it seems so unrealistic and out of reach and it will actually send you into a downward spiral and you won't complete it. I'm sure there are some people that can commit to things like that. I'm not one of them. I cut down my candy instead of every day. I might have it once or twice a month now. Uh, my girlfriend hates it, I say, as a reward, but it's I'm rewarding myself for not eating it. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see where there's something wrong with that, you know? Or girls, during our, our, our time of the month, you know, we have the hollow leg and we crave all the things. I'll allow myself then because why make myself any moodier? As I got that done, my next goal was to join the gym. Now, my future goal within a month or two is to go four to five times a week. At the moment, I'm only going two to three times a month, a week, sorry, two to three times a week. I'm not going to say I'm going to go every day because I'm not going to commit to it. It has to be small, little bite-sized goals. Because what happens is you set these huge goals for yourself, you fail them, see I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I fail everything I do. And there goes your self-worth plummeting down. You have to be realistic about who you are on the inside, where your brain is, the type of personality you are. I know myself. I know if I say I'm going five to six days a week, I'm not going to commit to it. And then I'm going to feel like a failure. So each goal you set, make them realistic and then revisit them daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Now my third tip, and this is probably one of my most important tips is surround yourself with people who uplift you, who support you and people you want to emulate. Um, I have a family member, not saying names. She was hanging out with people who made her feel bad about herself, who, even though she's like probably the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life. She's like, she looks like Kate Beckinsale, the actress. She is stunning. She's beautiful. These friends were obviously jealous of her. I don't know how else to say it, but they would bring her down and they would drag her down and then they would make her feel like there was something wrong with her when she would stand up for herself. She has recently began to surround herself with people that support decisions she's making. She ended up going back to nursing school. I love that. 40-something years old, she went to nursing school. She bought a house by herself with her and her kids. Surround yourself 
with people? Um, do they uplift you? Do they have similar interests? Do they encourage you to follow your dreams or do they naysay you? Naysayers going to nay. I mean, that's what they do. I actually, I, I didn't tell many people about this new podcast. Um, just a few people that, you know, I was letting in because I needed that, that encouragement and that accountability. And I told one person that I knew how it was going to go. She laughed at me. And you know what? Because of who I am now, I let that roll off my back because she's not a happy person. But if you're in your growing period and you're just learning to find your self-worth, those kind of people can knock you down a few notches. So I'm not saying, especially if it's family, it's hard. We all know it's hard to cut out family. But keep the people in your little circle, those who are there to uplift you and encourage you. Do they make you feel as though your success means their failure? We've all had that friend. You're leaving me in the in the past. You're leaving me behind. You know, um, you're too busy for me nowadays. They're trying to make your success feel like a failure. My husband and my best friend. I'm a writer. I'm a fiction author. I will call, let's say, my best friend and tell her something that makes literally no sense to her. She has no idea what I'm talking about. Homegirl gets so excited for me. She literally, I'm using like, you know, author lingo and industry lingo, and she has no idea, but she's like, yeah, she gets so excited. Those are the people you want in your life. You want that person that you call them and you say, hey, I went a whole week without eating McDonald's. That's awesome. That's amazing. You know, I, I dropped down a belt buckle. Oh my God, you rock the house. You know, surround yourself with people you want to emulate. If you saw my friends, my friends look by society standards rough. My friends are tattooed and they build hot rods and rat rides and they ride motorcycles and they are extremely successful and kind and giving and loving people. So I'm, I have two tattoos are covered. I'm sorry, I got a little chilly. I put on my walking jacket. It's actually in the 60s um, today in Missouri in May. Um, I'm saying sorry. So for the people listening on the podcast, this is also on video on my Patreon. So you can also watch the videos on my Patreon. So for those watching, I'm wearing a jacket because I'm chilly here. But I surround myself with people that I know are going to be supportive of my decisions, people that are going to be supportive of my changes, of my growth. Um, and if I decide that something's not right for me and I announce it, they support that as well. Those are the people that are going to help you move towards discovering who you are and building up your self-esteem and your self-worth. Here's another really big one that took me a long time to master. Love yourself for who you are right now. You can continue to grow. You can continue to further your education, or as I'm doing, I'm trying to improve my health, but love yourself for who you are right now as well. Not when I lose 10 pounds, I'll feel better about myself. Not if I finally get my master's degree, I can finally respect myself. You need to learn to treat yourself with the same kindness that you would treat someone else. If your friend came to you, I'm so fat, nothing wears. Are you going to be like, yep, you're right. You should hate yourself. No, you're going to encourage that person. 
Speak to yourself the way you would speak to someone else. You would never be so unkind to a stranger or to a friend or to a family member as you are to yourself. So remember, you're worth that love too. Be gentle. Be kind to yourself. I feel like that was on a movie. I don't know. You can continue to grow. You can continue to change. You can thrive to improve your mental health, your physical health, your financial health. But love yourself for who you are right now. Number five, you're going to have to trust the process of this self-growth and of finding your self-worth. It takes time. I, I, I just told you that it took me five years of growing. 40 years old is when I kind of, I was happy before. Don't get me wrong. I have a wonderful husband. Um, I had help, happy, healthy kids. My children are adopted. I, I was not able to conceive, but you wouldn't know it because they're my babies. Those are my kids. I am a happy person. I'm, I've always been kind of a happy, bubbly person anyways. But I felt like I was not treating myself with the same kindness that I treated everyone around me. I always wanted to boost everyone up and fix everyone else, but I didn't bother looking inward. So it takes time. I'm not telling you it's going to take five years for you. It just, that was the point where I really started putting in more work. I got, I went to therapy. I'm not a counselor, so I'm going to tell you right now, if you need therapy, please seek professional help. They can help you diagnose if you have a mental illness issue. There's no shame in that. A lot of us have it. I suffer from de depression and anxiety myself. Um, mine is not situational. Mine is hereditary. Yay me. So I am on medication, and that does help regulate that. But it does take time. It will not happen overnight. And it can be uncomfortable sometimes because here's the thing. You have these ingrained thought patterns and feelings, and some of them have been there since childhood. Maybe it's something a parent used to tell you when you were growing up. Maybe you were teased as a kid. Um, maybe it's just your own inner thought process. You know, we all have an insecurity that maybe got pointed out to us and we, we just lashed onto that. It's going to be uncomfortable trying to change that pattern. Not many people like change. I like change. That sounds weird. I do like change. But changing myself did feel uncomfortable. Think of it as going to the gym. I mean, what's easier, sitting on the couch or lifting weights? It's uncomfortable at first, right? Until you start really putting in the work and it gets easier and easier and easier. So you may be uncomfortable in the beginning, but I promise you it gets easier. Some of these changes may take additional training. It might take the gym. It might take professional help. There is no shame in that. Maybe you need to get a personal trainer at the gym. You know, maybe you've never been to the gym. You need to get a personal trainer. Go for it. You know, a lot of them will have um, the freebies so they, they can help you out. Or if you can't afford it, I personally can't afford a personal trainer right now, nor do I have the time to schedule exact time for a personal trainer. I, I go to the gym when I have time during the day. Um, there's YouTube videos, y'all, for stuff like that. You might need to seek um, a dietitian. You might need to seek, again, a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. There is no shame in seeking help in bettering yourself. Here's another one y'all gonna hate. You gotta take responsibility for your own life. We all have a past. 
We all have a history. We all have things that happen to us at some point or another. Some are worse than others. Some people don't want to discuss them and that's fine. Um, I have more so over the past few years become more open about, you know, the things that I went through in the past because I feel like instead of being ashamed of something that had nothing to do with me, I didn't abuse myself. I want to share that you're not alone. There are a lot of us out there and you can heal. It will never go away. I can tell you that. Um, even in the place that I am now, I do still sometimes struggle with PTSD. There are still some moments, dates, smells, things like that, but I have to bring myself back. It's over. I survived it. I've moved on. I've grown. I no longer am suffering this. I have a wonderful life now. You know, my husband is extremely supportive. If you don't have one, find a supportive friend, find, you know, whoever can be there to hold you back, hold your your hand to keep you from falling off that ledge. But your life right now as an adult is your responsibility. It, it was no one else's responsibility to improve who I am because I have no one to blame for the life I'm leading now, but myself, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm an adult. I, you know, I make my own choices. If I spend too much money, who's, whose fault is that? That's my fault, right? You have to take responsibility for your life. You have to take accountability for your own actions. And the only way you can accept that, or I'm sorry, the only way you can really grow is if you accept that, you know, it, it's, it's, you make a difference. It really, it, it, it's the biggest difference in your life is if you take accountability for your ac own actions today. I'm going to change my life today and start doing one step at a time. Now, this is one that I struggle with probably the most. Rest does not mean laziness. I am one of those people that always feels like I have to be productive. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm like that. So I work Monday through Friday on my you know, private business, my, my, my little side thing here. Um, and then I've decided I'm taking the weekends off. I used to write on my books seven days a week and I'd work on YouTube videos, things like that. I decided I'm going to take the weekend off. Then on the weekends, I switched to doing huge house projects, which you would think that's like, oh, you're still off. I'm talking like painting my cabinets and painting my entire house and redoing floors and things. So I was never allowing myself to rest. And I began to crash like crash hard, like burned the candle both ends. And I mean, they sizzled. Pow. So I was going downstairs to hang out with my husband to watch TV, a movie, talk, whatever. I was crashing at seven o'clock at night, falling asleep on the couch. He'd wake me up at time to go to bed. That's not really living. Rest does not mean laziness. We all need rest. Don't try to implement all these changes, you know, in one day, one week, one month, maybe even one year, pick one thing that you're going to work on, pick a few days to work on those things. And then make sure you're resting. You're resting from your day job. You're resting from your family. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have to say that to people, but sometimes we need our me time, even if it's only five or 10 minutes sitting out in your yard or in your car, listening to a song. I don't know who's seen dead to me, but she's sitting in her car and listening to thrash metal. That's how she kind of recharges. Um, I'm going to read some things 
that I, I use as my little me time rest. Um, it can take the form of taking a walk. If you have a safe street or a sidewalk or even through like the woods or a path, uh, reading your favorite book in peace. If that means locking yourself in the car because you have toddlers or even in the bathroom, I used to do that. I'd lock myself in the bathroom. Um, sitting outside and enjoying the fresh air. I tend to start my days when it's nice, sitting on the back porch, no phone, no music, no conversation, just my cup of coffee and my dogs. That's how I reset for my day. Um, watching a movie or binge watching your favorite show, that is considered rest. Now, I'm not telling you to do that every day because you know, nobody needs to sit around that much. But that is, I've been taking one day um, every two weeks to do exactly that. I kind of flubbed it a little bit Saturday and I did a few hours of work. But then around it was like two or three o'clock, I went downstairs and I watched movies with my husband for the rest of the night. And we ate dinner on the couch and we snacked on food and stuff like that. That is resting. Um, hanging out with a family or a friend. My girlfriend and I last weekend went to a craft fair. It was like just down the road. She picked me up and we just walked around and laughed and joked. And then we hung out my, my kitchen for a little bit. She left and then I got on the couch and that's where I stayed for the rest of the day. Um, that is considered rest. An outing to your favorite bookstore, craft show, or thrift store. I literally just said that I went out with my girlfriend to a craft show. I love to go thrift store shopping with my mom. We used to do it at least like once a month. We haven't been able to do it much often um, because I'm caring for a disabled teenager when he gets off school, but that can be considered resting as well. You're resting from whatever it is that's causing you mental and physical stress and exhaustion. It might be your day job. It might be you're working from home. It might be because you have young children at home. Rest does not mean laziness, guys. It is a way to recharge, re-energize, and reset because without that, you will crash. So that is what I have for you guys on the very first podcast of Are You Worth It? And once again, spoiler alert, you are. You are worth love and kindness from both yourself and the rest of the world. And if the world don't give it to you, give it to yourself. Till next time, guys. Bye.